Welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm Vince Dragone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd, as usual. Uh, we also have one more guest, a silent guest, hopefully. Um, <laughs> being a, uh, a father, um, sometimes I'm on dad duty, and uh, whether or not I'm recording or not, so I have uh, my brand new baby girl here in my arms. Hopefully she stays quiet, but if not, then uh, you guys are just going to have to uh, hear what a crying baby sounds like. So all you uh, young people out there who don't have children yet and uh, and, and are thinking of, uh, of uh, settling down and having kids, I guess you'll see if uh, it's right for you. But if she can stay quiet for 20 minutes or so, we're going to keep this one short, then uh, then I say that's pretty good. So what's going well, on, like Father? I said to you. Well, like I said to you, Vince, you know, I, I think that's a wonderful thing because um, we are Catholic and as Catholics, we are pro-life. And this is a beautiful thing to see as a young father, uh, even though you're not seeing it, you might be hearing it, a young father with his newborn daughter. I don't think that's a problem. And I highly doubt anybody in our podcast is going to be upset with it. Your wife, on the other hand, I'm not certain. She might not be too happy that you're down here recording with me real quick. Um, but I'm grateful that she has let go of you for a brief amount of time so that we can do this since my schedule is kind of picking up really fast here now. Well, that's a good thing. It's better than you just sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Uh, it's good to stay busy. Keep your mind busy. That's, that's right. Yeah. And especially now. Um, and okay, I, I cut this out from an episode a few weeks ago because the audio kind of clipped. But uh, I made the joke about how I'm really good with transitions. And so why... Uh, Vince asked Vince asked me why am I getting busy all of a sudden uh, father why are you busy all of a sudden well Vince don't you know it's just about a week until Ash Wednesday in the beginning of Lent oh see, you see you are really good at transitions you yeah yeah just, I'm like the best you I'm should you should be the host you should totally be the host God. of this show oh this is why when you weren't on the one week and it was me and AJ, it just it it may have been a decent episode in quality because AJ, thank God, he's the one that came up with all the content. But uh, yeah, you guys uh, did I'm good. Not, you don't need me. You did I'm, good. I didn't, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> you just but no. The, the yeah. biggest the biggest thing with when the episode when I was listening to it uh, with you and AJ was you know how. Um, you know, we, we do a video, no one can see it, but just we can see it. But you know how sometimes I'll like move my arms in like a, hey, let's wrap it up kind of thing? Yeah, That's the only yeah. thing that was missing was, hey, let's wrap this up and move on to the next thing. Otherwise, you guys did great. You guys did fantastic. Yeah. I'd like to see more of uh, more of that. You guys don't need me. But oh, anyway. Oh, now don't count yourself too short. But we have to talk tonight quickly about Lent and the fact that a week from uh, this Wednesday, uh, we are starting the season of Lent. You might be hearing this either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Point is, is that Lent is upon us, and so that makes it a busy time for each of us Catholics, not just our clergy, but our Catholics as well. And so as we enter into this season of Lent, and especially these last few days of preparation before Lent, um, you know, we have an opportunity to experience uh, the richness and fullness of the Catholic faith. Yes. And I'd, I'd like during this episode to talk about maybe like five things to make this a really good Lent. Um, I know I'm someone who's never really planned it out. Um, or if I did, it was a very weak plan that fell apart immediately. Um, so I want to, I kind of just want to talk about like, Hey, how, how can I have a better Lent this year? I know it's going to be about me because my Lent was terrible last year. I thought it was gonna be really good with COVID. And I thought for sure this was going to be like, um, you know, you know, really, praying more and, and, and really getting into it, but it was the opposite. I just, uh, COVID really just took the wind out of my sails. And I'd like for this to be 
a good do-over. So we're going to talk about that during this episode. But real quick, um, Ash Wednesday is coming up, as you mentioned, and some things are different this year than any other year, at least in the United States, due to COVID. And would you like to talk a little bit about that? Because you're the one who, you know, you're going to be celebrating mass. You're going to be the one doing whatever it is with the ashes that you're going to explain. Yeah. And so you made a very good point. There is the fact that um, starting, well, not starting this year, but um, this year in particular, the Vatican has asked us all throughout the world not to distribute ashes on the forehead. Um, as is traditional and customary in the United States and many other wor- uh, countries, but is not traditional and customary in uh, Europe, um, especially in Italy and Rome, um, is the practice of putting ashes on the forehead um, on Ash Wednesday. But this year, the Vatican has asked us to sprinkle them on the crown of the head. So um, crown of the head, think you have your forehead in the front, the crown of the head is the back of the head. Uh, You know, where if anybody sees a picture of me from the last three years, where I'm going bald. So um, maybe that's a good thing for me, Vince, because then it will hide my bald spot a little bit. Um, (laughs) Vanity of vanities, says Health. All things are vanity. Um, So with that being said, um, we're to sprinkle them on the back of the head. And this is a more traditional custom um, that we see in – we see it still occurring in Rome and in Italy in general and and a lot of other – uh, European countries, but it's not traditional for us here in the United States. Um, but this tradition of sprinkling the ashes on the head harkens us back to um, the understanding that we hear about the sprinkling of ashes from Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. And it's where we hear, now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth upon their heads. And when they're talking about earth on their heads, um, it's not talking about the uh, sign of the cross on the forehead because the cross wasn't a sign for the Jewish people, never has been and never will be a sign for the Jewish people. It's a sign for the Christian people. And so it was the act of sprinkling ashes on the crown of the head. And so um, with the sprinkling of that, it's, it's hearkening back to that. Why we do it as a, um, why is it that we do it? Uh, Remember Christ said, you know, there's a lot of people question this. Why do we still sprinkle ashes or do anything with ashes on Ash Wednesday when Christ said, don't be like the hypocrites? Um, There's a difference there. And the reason why is because Christ was saying, um, what is your purpose of doing this? What is your intention of doing it? Don't be like the hypocrites when you do this. When you put the ashes on your head and meant, you know, on your crown of your head, when you do this, remember that the focus isn't on yourself or something that you're doing, but rather on the work of God in you. And it's supposed to remind you for yourself, not for the world. And, you, you know, uh, I know a lot of people, myself included, feel the pressure to make sure that you get your ashes on Ash Wednesday so everyone else can see it and to do it early yeah. so that everyone can see it throughout the day. Uh, yeah. But you're not going to see that this time. So. You know, no. it'll be interesting. Are, you, are there going to be less people that actually go get their ashes? Or um, are you going to have people trying to, I guess, virtue signal and say, hey, and brag about it? Hey, I went and got them. You can't see them, but I got them. But it's going to be, it's just different this year. And it, it humbles us, right? Just like this whole entire yeah. year has really humbled us. Well, you know, it makes me laugh too. Often we see an insurgence of 
uh, attendance at Mass on Ash Wednesday, and we see um, the need to have multiple Masses on Ash Wednesday. Right. But then you get to um, Ascension Thursday, and there's like nobody there. It's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we doing this just because we want this outward sign that we can show to other people? Look at me. I'm a Christian. I got my ashes. Yeah. When Ash Wednesday isn't even a day of obligation. And then on Ascension Thursday, the day that Christ, we proclaim that Christ rose into heaven and went into heaven, body and soul. And nobody's in the church. What, what's, what's the disconnect there? It goes to show how much we are. Of a, we're broken. We're broken people. And, and I think this is a wonderful transition for us into talking about like our Lenten practices because I think certainly. personally, you're absolutely right with that whole brokenness. I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to step into talking about, well, wait a minute, what is it that we can do to fix this brokenness? And I think that Lent, and um, I'll let you finish your thought here, but I think that Lent is now an opportunity for us to say, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? Why am I doing this? And hopefully we see a resurgence of people coming to church during Easter, on Ascension Thursday, on Pentecost Sunday, and all those other major feast days of the year. Yeah, and because they want to, not because they feel like they have to. And exactly. And and the biggest thing, I mean, the biggest thing for Lent really is going into it, having at least somewhat of a plan in place. I mean, that's gonna be my number one thing, is and and to make something doable. So you know, I'm not gonna say, okay, give up chocolate. Okay, well, I don't eat chocolate that often anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but you know, we don't have to give something up necessarily, just whatever it is. If you're, if you plan on picking up the Bible and reading the Bible once a day or reading a chapter in the Bible once a day, then do it. I mean, make sure that it, that it's doable. Make sure you set yourself up for success, just like anything else. Just like if you're going to go lose weight, you know, January 1st comes around and you're like, well, I'm going to lose 30 pounds over this year. Okay, great. So what are you going to do to set yourself up for success? Most people don't have a plan. And that's why by the time December comes around, no one is in the gym. Um, it's, it's kind of the same, it's not the same thing, but I'm trying to like relate it, make it as relatable as possible. But if your plan is to grow your prayer life, you know, put the apps on your phone, like Laudate and some of the other ones, have a Bible next to your bed. Um, you know, the, these kind of things just to make it, make it easier. So you don't have to go out of your way and make a convenient excuse when you don't have time. So I'm going to say that's number one. What do you think, father? And, and- Well, and my recommendation with that is too, is I think where we need to start off with is making a real plan that is um, something you're actually going to follow through with. Don't go into Lent. Don't go into Lent saying, um, I think, and this should be number one. And then the second one is, is actually making the plan of action. But the first is making the plan of action is something that you're going to actually do. Don't say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to get up every single day at 6 a.m. and I'm going to work out. Then I'm going to go to mass at 6.45 at the cathedral. And then I'm going to go to work afterwards. And then when I get home, I'm going to pray the rosary. And then I'm going to pray my divine mercy chaplet. And then I'm going to have dinner. And then after dinner, I'm going to read the Bible. And then after I read the Bible, I'm going to do some spiritual reading. And then I'm going to finally go to bed. Like that's that's like ridiculous. <laughs> First off, that's well, ridiculous. not for all people. Because your- if you're already doing that minus maybe one thing and you want to add that on, then sure, go for exactly. it. But if you're like you and right. I, yeah, yeah. that's that's maybe a little taking up, biting off a little too much that you can chew. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's important to make something doable. Otherwise, you're going to fall flat on your face by day two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and so let's be let's be serious about this. Let's be honest with ourselves about this. You know, so I was talking with someone about it and they said to me, you know, Father, every year I pick up that little blue book they offer in church uh, for the beginning of Lent. And I read it for like two days and then I don't pick it up. And I was talking with them about it and it, we, it came out to be that, well, I just don't feel that it's 
very good and I don't really like it and I'm doing it out of an obligation. So don't even waste your time with it. Don't even pick that little blue book up. Do not even start that this year. Pick up something that you're actually going to be able to invest yourself in, to put your energy into and to actually pray with. And so I I think one of the things that someone can do, and you mentioned this um, off the cuff, is start reading scripture. You know, I don't think we do enough with reading scripture in our daily lives. And so picking up the Bible, if you don't have a Bible, there's plenty of places you can find the Bible. Get a good version of the Bible and pick it up and actually sit and read it and contemplate it. You know, take some time to actually read the Bible. You know, that's my number one thing that if anybody asks me this year, what should I do for Lent? Or what should I give up for Lent? I said, give up five minutes of your time, 10 minutes of your time, half an hour of your time, you know, an hour of your time, whatever it is that you can give up. And I want you to be serious with it and set up a space in your home where you can go and actually read scripture. And then they'll say, well, what should I read? And the next thing I say is, you can decide where you start, but the two places, there's uh, three places I would start. The first one, first option is to start with the gospels. The second option would be to start all the way at the beginning of the Bible. Now, the problem with starting at the beginning of the Bible, I'm going to tell you right now, you should um, stop reading after Leviticus. Uh, you know, don't read Leviticus and Numbers right away. Save that until you get through the whole Bible. Because if you start reading the Bible at the beginning um, and go Genesis, Exodus, and then you get to Leviticus, you're going to be bored out of your mind once you get to Leviticus. Yeah, that's where I fell numbers. off. Yep. Yeah. So my recommendation is read Genesis, number, Genesis, Exodus, skip Leviticus and Numbers, go back into Deuteronomy, um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. See, that's the first five, and that's all I can remember <laughs> in the order. But the reason why that's important to know that is because that is the Torah, right? You have the Torah, and then you have the prophet. Um, and the, the Torah is the law book of the Jews, and that's our first five books of the Bible. So... Start with that. The third option for starting with the Bible. So, so far we have starting with the Gospels, then starting at the beginning and uh, coming back to uh, Leviticus and Numbers. The third option would be start with the Psalms because the Psalms are wonderful poetry that you can read and start to um, appreciate more. If you, I think if you take time and read through them slowly, deliberately. So maybe reading through the Psalms. And if none of those work for you, Pick up the scripture that you're going to read either on Sunday or daily mass and read through those. The church gives us that uh, for a reason. If you can't make it to mass, pick up those readings and read those through those readings. So those would be my recommendation. You know what? On those, yeah, those, those are those are really good um, suggestions. And I think they would work for people of like different mindsets. So like me as an analytical I want to start from the beginning and I want to work my way through. And that's what I've tried to do in the past. However, for some reason, I just, I have a hard time doing it. Um, and then you mentioned also start with the Psalms, you know, as someone who's, who's artsy and can understand, you know, and appreciate art and appreciate poetry and appreciate just being in nature and the love of God and everything. I think that's a really good place for someone to start. Um, if you're of that mindset, me, exactly, I like to honestly, I like to just, I pick up the Bible and I open it somewhere and that's where I start. Yeah. That, that's the way I like to do it. And my wife gave me this really cool Bible, um, the word on fire Bible from, uh, um, uh, Bishop Barron, uh, for Christmas. Yeah. And so I've been just picking that up and just, you know, sit it, you know, just open it. And it's got some really cool commentary in it as well that explains, 
uh, some of the parables of Jesus um, or some of the history, the backstory of, hey, this is why this happened, because the Bible doesn't tell you, but uh, the history books will tell you that this, this and this happened at that time. So it makes it, things make sense. So I really like that Bible. Uh, it's just the Gospels, but um, I, I'm, I'm a random guy. I like to just pick up the book, open it and just start and and, and a lot of times the Bible speaks to me in that way. So I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's my way. I, I, and, and that's a really good way to do it too. And what I would suggest is because I've done that at times too, especially um, when I, I just – I don't know where I'm at and I just want to open it up and start reading. And maybe I'm not really um, interested in picking up where I left off because that's not my specific time of prayer where I was picking up and leaving off. So sure. I'm just opening it up for some inspiration. A great thing to do is sometimes what I'll do is I'll read the section that I get to, but then I need some context. So I'll go back and read a little more. I'll keep reading just to get some context to what's going on because yeah. you know you could pick it up when all of a sudden God is saying some really weird things and you don't understand that God's not saying that because that's what he's telling people to do. He's saying, this is what you people say. This is what you say. So, you know, getting the context of the scripture. So I think if we're going to like give the five things of what to do and pay attention to this Lent, I think the first, like we said, is to um, not take something on that is going to be too much of a burden to you. Don't take something on that's going to be too much of a burden to you um, that you can't, you know, you can't reasonably do, you know, so you're not going to create some crazy plan that you know that you're not going to be able to keep with, right? This is something that you need to fit into your daily schedule. And by fit in, I mean, plan your entire life around it. But it has to be something that you're reasonably going to be able to do. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, you need to actually do it. So you need to come up with a plan of how you're going to get it done, and come up with almost like, write down your day, it's called an orarium. Each hour of the day, coming up and saying, okay, at this hour, I'm going to do this. At this hour, I'm going to do this. At this hour, I'm going to do this. And being sincere with it, being almost like strict with it. So that way, you're actually following through with it. The third thing is, um, this Lent, is picking something that when you do it, it's going to be of a spiritual benefit to yourselves. So we're talking already right now. We're talking about scripture. We're talking about um, reading not just the scripture, but reading um, good interpretations of it. We're talking about reading um, the church fathers, not just the modern church fathers, more so the early church fathers and understanding what they said on scripture, like really good things in prayer. But a, a fourth thing that you should and could be doing this Lent is offering up little sacrifices throughout your day. And so um, it doesn't have to be anything major. Like someone was saying to me, um, you know, I really am noticing my prayer life is failing, so I'm just going to cut out television completely. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, for certain people, maybe that's a good thing. But I also said, now, wait a minute, let's let's be honest here. Tell me about your watching of television. And they said to me, well, you know, it's only like a, um, an hour a day. And so I'm just going to cut it out completely. And I said, well, maybe instead of like going cold turkey, because that doesn't always work for many different things. And, and television in and of itself isn't evil. It might be what you're watching on it. But with this specific person, it wasn't something evil that they're watching. But actually being smart about it and saying, okay, maybe I'm not going to cut it out completely because I don't need to cut it out completely. But maybe I'm going to cut out a little bit of it. Or before I turn on the TV, I'm going to pick up a good novel and read it. See, that's something else too. Is people think, well, if it's Lent, it has to be spiritual. Well, a good novel sometimes can be just as spiritually uplifting as um, reading some of the most intense theological documents. And I'm mean, not saying like 
you know, it, it doesn't, they don't have to be exclusive to each other. So maybe picking up some good books by uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, I, I'm a C.S. Lewis fan myself. I, I would rather read Lewis over Tolkien. People will probably shoot me now or say something to me now because of that. But the point is that I really like Lewis. I've enjoyed all of his literature, um, his screw tape letters, things like that. Picking up a good novel that is um, going to benefit you, right? Or, you know, I once read, um, I think it's called The Cabin. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, it's a wonderful book. It's not a Catholic book, but it, it kind of it sparks your imagination with the creativity. And that's not a bad thing either. So maybe a fourth thing is giving up little sacrifices. Okay, I'm not going to watch TV. Instead, I'm going to pick up this book I'm, I want to read. Or I'm not going to watch TV uh, right now. I'm going to pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet instead. And then once you reevaluate that after you do it, you know, it's kind of like when it comes to eating because same thing, uh, giving something up, something small, giving up um, a little bit extra food or something and instead saying, um, I'm going to drink a glass of water instead and see how I feel after that. You know, that's often what happens in our stomachs, right? So that we think we're really hungry, but in fact, we're just really thirsty, like I am right now. And it's probably due to the fact that I keep talking sure. too much. So, so um, I, I like your yeah. picking up a novel idea, and it doesn't have to be religious, like you said. And if you're not into books, a lot of people aren't. I mean, I have a hard time reading books. Um, but I like to go outside and just in, and be in nature and enjoy God's creation. And, and that's one yeah. thing you can do, especially as the weather starts getting a little bit nicer. This is an early Lent. I get it. Yeah. But some people are in warmer climates. Some people don't mind being out in the cold and, uh, and, and go for a hike. And that's, that's where I find yes. God. I love being out in nature by myself and sometimes just sitting at the base of a tree and just taking everything in. Um, and, and that could be one way to do it. But moving on, you know, I think confession is a really good uh, practice yeah. uh, to take up during Lent. A lot of people yeah. don't go to confession. I mean, when you go to Mass, you see a ton of people in line for communion, right? But when you go to confession, yeah. you see maybe one or two little old ladies and yourself. And it's like, what's going on here? Go to confession. Try to get others to yeah, go to yeah. confession. It's very important. And and, that, and Lent is one is a really good time for us to reflect on ourselves and examine our lives and how, how we're acting and, and, and confessing any of the sins that we have and working on the issues that we have. And now is a great time to, if you have a sin that you having, you keep having to confess because you keep falling into it, maybe that's where you should be focusing your energy on. Yeah. Yeah. Make your, avail yourself of all the sacraments that are available to you, right? Most certainly. Getting to mass, Getting to Mass, going to confession is key. You know, we hear about this in Lent all the time of the importance of confession, but it's true. And it shouldn't just be a Lenten practice that, oh, got to go to Lent. It's Lent, got to go to confession. It should be a, you know, I really need to go to confession at minimum once a month because of the importance of this building up of a relationship between myself and God. And the only way I can make myself any better is if I keep myself accountable to where I have sinned and where I need to grow. Yeah. Yep. So I think those were all pretty good. Uh, I don't, I don't think I didn't lost count. I wasn't really counting. I don't know how many that was, but I think, I, I think with the confession kind of fitting into um, availing yourself to the sacraments, we'll, we'll include that in one of the other areas because I want to end with this fifth one. Most of all, this Lent, we, we went through a very strange Lent last year of 2020, and we all made promises to ourselves and maybe even made promises to God that we didn't follow through with. Let's be 
this Lent, let's be sincere about our promises that we make to ourselves and we make to God. Let's be genuine with our intentions. And let's also not let the devil win. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you fall, pick yourself back up. Pick yourself back up. And try again, try again. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that's from, but, uh, but you know, rely on God. I, uh, geez, I really don't know what that's from, but rely it's on a, it's God. It's a pop song from the early 2000s. I forget exactly. Yeah, I keep going. Sorry, that was embarrassing. That's, no, that's probably why I don't know, because I don't see <laughs> pop music in any generation. But, um, you know, pick yourself back up. Obviously, with the providence and the grace of God, you're going to be able to do this. But trusting in God and trusting in his providential care for you, um, when you fall, same thing with this sacrament of reconciliation, right? When you fall and, and you sin or, or you make a mistake, don't just think, well, I'm done for. It's over. I screwed up. Can't do anything more. No, no, no. Start over. Start over. And, and don't fear, start over, pick it back up and keep moving forward. This is a 40 some day journey. Let's keep moving forward and let's not lose sight of the goal, which isn't Easter. Rather, it's eternal Easter. It's the wedding feast of the lamb in the eternal kingdom of heaven. So don't let, East, don't let Easter end your Lenten practices. Let Easter amplify them. Amen, brother. That's a great way to end it. So I hope you all love the podcast today and Lent's coming up. So let's have a really good Lent. So please take these if you can. Hopefully these help you um, in having a good Lent. And make sure prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, those are the, the biggest things. Uh, I don't think we mentioned almsgiving, but um, that's that's a part of Lent. And so whatever you can do, God will appreciate. And it's it's we want to get into heaven someday, so we want to... This is a good time for, it's like a boot camp before we go out into the world. So let's take the next um, 40 days and really focus on that. So with that being said, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Head over to our website, EncounterMercy.com, where you can also find a little bit more about us as well as our episodes if you want to listen to them there. And head on over to social media, pretty much any of them. And uh, especially Facebook and Instagram, give us some love because the algorithms, for whatever reason, have been giving us a hard time, and uh, and we would really appreciate that. So, until next week, 